0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Are you expecting something miraculous to happen at your church service this Sunday? Do you even ever see any of those miracles, signs, and wonders that happened every day in those Book of Acts churches? If we truly are the New Testament church that God intends us to be, the miraculous should be an everyday event but nothing seems to be further from the truth. Despite the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God's word on the power of prayer and God's anointing on us and in us Today's churches are less powerful than ever. Pastor Ray boldly declares that in order for God to show the world who He is and that He will do exactly what He says He will do, the church needs miracle signs, and wonders. As Pastor Ray teaches in this amazing eight-day series entitled, Where Are All Those Miracle Signs and Wonders? As never before, this is a time for a holy boldness and a hunger for the miraculous.
1: We talked about that word power meaning dunamis, dynamite. Better said, it's miracle, wonder-working power. And there is this experience that every believer uh, should seek um, and every believer should have, and that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's something awesome about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we see in the book of Acts that uh, the writer here uh, quotes the words of Jesus and is has, because it's all in red, it's what Jesus said. He said, you will receive this power, this dunamis, this dynamite, um, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the Holy Spirit comes uh, to in, indwell us with this awesome power, and this power brings forth results. How many of you, how many of you want results? There are results that come as, as a result of receiving the Holy Spirit. And the very first thing we learn in this verse is that he said, you'll be my witnesses. So the very first thing we learn about this anointing is that we, uh, we called it, actually I called it three areas of the anointing. And it's the anointing that's upon you, the anointing that's in you, and the third part is the anointing that comes out of you. And um, so the anointing that's upon you is upon you for the purpose of being his witnesses. Now, it's very interesting how these disciples, before this experience, were all shut up in the upper room somewhere for fear, locked behind closed doors for fear of the Jews because they they were just, you know, they thought they were going to be the next ones to be hung on a cross. Uh, because they were followers of Jesus. And the Jews were mad at them, and everybody was angry. But these men were locked up behind closed doors for fear, and as a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon them and indwelling them and filling them with his power, the next thing we know is that they're out in the streets acting like maniacs. They're babbling in a new tongue. As a matter of fact, the onlookers said, these men must be drunk. And, and Peter gets up and says, how can they be drunk? It's, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and he begins to explain to them, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that all this is that I will pour out my spirit. How many of you know that the spirit of God was poured out upon all flesh 2,000 years ago in that upper room in this experience that we read about right here in the book of Acts chapter 1? The power of God fell upon those believers, and bam, that was the birth, the beginning of the New Testament church as we should know it today. Everything that took place in the book of Acts, every miracle, every uh, wonder, every sign ought to be happening and is happening in the church today. If we would just open our eyes and take a look around. God did not, Jesus did not die on a cross and infill us, give us the promise of the Holy Spirit and infill us with the Holy Spirit to have a dead, dry, musty, dusty, rusty church. He died so that we would be filled with the very power of God. We would, our sins would be forgiven, that we would have the entrance to heaven, that we would have the promise of the Father, which was the mighty Holy Spirit that came to indwell us and fill us with this power, this dynamite, this dunamis from heaven. Miracle, wonder-working power—that teaches me something right there. Every one of us who call ourselves a believer and have received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of tongues ought to expect miracle signs and wonders to be working through our lives. Amen. Thank you for the two and a half amens. Because somebody's like, well, I don't even know what you're talking." I don't know. Well, get ready. You see, you are—you are a miracle walking. You are a vessel that God wants to use to pour forth his power, to pour forth his miracles, to pour forth his signs and wonders, especially in this last day and age that we live. More than ever, I believe God is wanting to display and to show and to demonstrate his power like never before. Why do I say that? Well, first of all, I believe that we are in the last of the last days. Secondly, right now, evil is so prevalent all over the place. It's all over the airways. It's in every magazine. Everywhere we go, we see the evil forces at work. You can't even look at a magazine without having to fight lust demons. We see the perversion of powers, which is the enemy's power being demonstrated through vessels who he has chosen. And some of them are well known, I, you know, I don't want to mention her name, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> but she started a religion. And she's preaching nonsense. What she's, she's, she's preaching is a perverted power, a twisted uh, presentation. And some of it looks like Bible, but what it is, it's the Bible that's been taken and twisted, causing uh, people to be deceived into thinking that she has truth and she doesn't have truth. Like never before, we need a demonstration of God's power in the earth. Let me give you a verse. Um, let me find it. It's in 1 Corinthians. And Paul even said this, chapter um, chapter 2, verse 1. Paul said this, and I, brethren, verse 1, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of the wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, the first thing I I, I think we all need to learn here is that if we're gonna be vessels of God, then we're gonna have to humble ourselves. I said humble ourselves. And determine that we really don't know very much. We know something, but we don't know a whole lot. Amen? For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Not a bad confession, just an honest admission. And my speech, now listen to what he says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human understanding, but, everybody say but, but but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So he said, listen, I didn't just come to you with eloquence of speech. Men love eloquent speakers. I mean, they're all over the television. People flock to listen to the eloquent speaker, make me feel good, make me laugh, make me, you know, tickle my inners. People love to hear the eloquence of ma'am. But Paul said, I didn't come to try to give you my eloquence. I didn't come to try to, you know, tickle your ears with my fancy speech or with my words that make you feel good. He said, I came to you not knowing anything. I came to you, and my speech and my preaching were not here to try to persuade you. Uh, in a human way, but rather in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. In other words, wherever Paul went, he spoke the word directly and signs and wonders followed him because he was more interested in the powers of God than the powers of flesh. And, you know, if we're not careful, uh, we could be sucked in to, uh, you know, listening uh, to, to preaching sometimes that is full of the eloquence of man but is devoid of the power of God. I don't know about you but I want to see the demonstration of the power of God. How many of you want the demonstration of the power of God? Because he said it was in the demonstration of the spirit. Of I believe like never before we need to have the demonstration of the power of God big time. Yes. What's going to win the world to Jesus is not only are preaching and are testifying, but the demonstration of what God said he will do before men, watching, watching people get healed, watching people get delivered, watching people get set free, watching people get a word from God, watching people you know, uh, be touched in the innermost being by the powers of God. This demonstration of the spirit is the thing I believe that's going to break open wide, a whole new revival in this land and win many, many people to the Lord. How many of you are open to it? How many people of you are hungry for the demonstration of the spirit of God? I believe we need it. And he says in verse five, he says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, I, I, what is your faith in? Is your faith in the power of God or is your faith in, you know, some human being? And he says, I, I, I want it. He says, I preach to you. He said, but, but it wasn't my preaching. It was the demonstration of God's spirit and God's power. And God did that so that your faith would not be in me, but that your faith would be in his power. Amen. In his power. There's nothing like a person experiencing the power of God for himself. There's nothing like a person feeling and sensing and being touched by the eternal God in such a dynamic way. I don't know about you, but my life has been touched by the eternal power of the living God and has been turned inside out, upside down in every which way. It wasn't the wise and persuasive. Because listen, men will disappoint you. Men will deceive you sometimes, men will mislead you, but God never will. His demonstration of power is a sure sign of his love for us and his wanting to touch us in a way that no human could ever touch us. So Paul said it was a demonstration of the power. Let's go back to the the book of Acts. Jesus said you'll receive this power so that you will first be my witnesses. So in other words, As we go out into the world and witness, let's not be afraid to witness. You know, uh, some of us are maybe afraid to witness, but we should not be afraid to talk to our friends, our neighbors, whoever it be, talk to them about Jesus. I mean, you don't have to beat them over the head with the Bible, but if God's doing something in your life, tell them. If you got blessed, tell them why you got blessed. I remember one time somebody, I was driving my new car and they said, wow, that's a great car. I said, yeah, my father gave it to me. He said, wow, you must have a rich father. I said, I do. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. As a matter of fact, all the silver and gold is his. <laughs> Looked at me, and said, what are you talking about? I said, God, <laughs> God, my father, the father, God blessed me with this. Hallelujah. And I give him all of the glory and all of the, pride. I didn't have to cheat for it. I didn't have to steal for it. I didn't have to lie. All I did was serve God, honor him, give him my best, have a willing and obedient heart. And here he's blessed me with this beautiful car. Come on, somebody give me a better amen than that. This power that he's talked about is for us so that we would be his witnesses in this earth. Now we saw a verse in Matthew's gospel, chapter 16. I hope I'm turning some of you on because when I first got hold of this, I was just looking for any head I could to lay my hands on. Everywhere I went, I wanted to tell somebody and touch somebody with the power of God. And uh, it says here, he says that you'll be, our, be my witnesses. Now, we saw in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, he said, uh, Jesus said, and it's the same account, because we know that at this point, Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, and if you read Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, it, it is the same, it's uh, the same time, the same account, just different, different speakers, different testifiers. And he says, he says, these signs will follow them that believe. So right there, we learn that signs ought to follow believers, Unfortunately, a lot of believers are following the signs, but the signs ought to be following us. And I'm going to keep saying that because you don't have to you know, go anywhere to be anointed to get uh, to be used by God. You are anointed enough right now where you are, where you're seated, anointed by God to be and to do everything that God would want you to be and everything that God would want you to do. And he said in my name, they'll, they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, and they'll pick up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm, harm them. And, and if they uh, pick up any snake, it won't bite them. And he said, and they, will, and they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So that's a believer's anointing and a believer's promise. I like to call it the believer's anointing. That's for every one of us. You don't have to be, you don't have to have reverend before your name, you don't have to have pastor before your name. You don't have to go to Bible school. All you have to all you have to do to qualify for that anointing is to be a believer. And if you're a believer, then you qualify to to be used of God in that way. So, so the very first thing we looked at, he said that these signs would follow, this power would come upon them and you would be my witnesses and I would demonstrate, basically that's what Jesus is saying, so in that verse in, in Mark 16, he goes on saying, the Lord worked with, him, with them, performing signs and wonders, you know, everywhere they went, showing forth the powers of God. So I say this to say that we need to go out into the world, we need to be strong witnesses for Jesus and I believe one of the reasons why we're not seeing the signs and the wonders the way we ought to is because we're not witnessing enough. We're not being bold enough with our witnessing for Jesus. We're not going out into the world and telling the world about the risen Savior and how he's impacted our lives. And, and you know, I mean, when again, when someone uh, tells you, how, tells you, say, you know, says, boy, you're a really blessed person. What's your response to that? I mean, I hope you look them right in the face and say, Jesus is doing it. Jesus has done it. This is all because of the work of the Lord in my life. We need to be witnesses. If we're gonna see signs and wonders following us, then we need to be stronger witnesses because he said that first part of that anointing upon us is that we would be the witnesses to him. The second part of that that we talked about last week was found in 1 John. So that was the anointing upon you, the anointing in you. And that anointing in you in 1 John chapter two, everybody open up to 1 John chapter two. We'll do a little Bible study here tonight. He said, but you have received an anointing, verse 20. You have received an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. And we talked about how the Holy Ghost will illuminate our knowledge and illuminate our understanding. And I believe, you know, I believe that verse literally, I think we need to take the word of God literally everywhere we can. But we talked extensively about it two weeks ago and how God will work and how God will show you things and God will open up your understanding and God will open up your mind and and God will guide you with his wisdom. Why? Because you have an anointing in you. Say, I have an anointing in me. You have an anointing in you and you will know all things. See, you can learn the word of God, you can learn the things of God, why? Because he's anointed you. You are anointed with the power from on high. And uh, so this anointing that you have from the Holy One, you'll know all things. And we talked about even um, even some demonstrations that I shared with you from my own family, where you know my my brother-in-law lost his keys. You heard that story. Well, he 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 lost one set of keys and he couldn't find them. And my, my sister just asked the Holy Spirit. Says Holy Spirit, where are those keys? Help me find those keys. And just like that, told her exactly where the keys were. They were lost for like two days. Went outside, found them by the by the um, right where he said, buried in the gra- in the tall grass in front of the mailbox. He lost the keys a couple weeks later. My brother in law is always losing things. He can't hold on to anything. Pray for him, will you, please? And, um,. It's so funny because couldn't find the keys, couldn't find the keys. And after last, uh, was two weeks ago when, we, when I preached about this, you know, he prayed. I think I told you this story last time. I'm gonna tell you again. He prayed and he said, Lord, I, I, help me find those keys. I, I know you can, you can help me find those keys. And it was so funny because uh, one of the ladies, Vangie, uh, called John the next day and said, you know what, I found keys in my pocketbook and they're not mine. <laughs> and I don't know how they got here. And all, 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 all John says, well, what, what are the keys the car makes? What, what's the make of the car that fit those keys? And he, she said, well, one's a Lexus and one's a Chrysler. So he got his keys back. See, it says that, that anointing, we're going to know all things. We're going to understand things. We're going to perceive things. We're going to understand the word of God. I shared with you that, you know, the way I learned the word of God was I went to knee college. I was on my face before the Lord with the book opened up. Lord, teach me, show me. I just got every kind of book I could find and I'd find a verse that, you know, I you know got my attention. I just go over to my concordance, go over to this dictionary, go over to this and just start reading and looking and making notes and circling things. And, and it was amazing. The Holy Ghost just illuminated my understanding and it all started to come together. And really, I, I mean, I, I don't say I'm self-taught. I've had a lot of good teaching teachers, but I am Holy Ghost taught. And he says, you'll know all things. And I believe this anointing carries over even to the practical. This will help you on your job and your businesses. God will help you because you have an anointing in you. You ought to be the best at what you do because you have an anointing in you. Whatever your profession is, you ought to be at the top because you have an anointing in you. Come on, somebody, give me a better amen than that. You are anointed of God. The Holy Spirit is in you. You ought to be top shelf because you have the Holy Spirit that's illuminating your understanding. You're going to understand things that others won't understand because you have the anointing in you. Goes on to saying, in verse uh, 26, says, these things I've written you concerning those who try to deceive you. And he said in verse 27, and, and you know, this is something that we have to understand, that in, in, in the body of Christ, I, I'm just a very suspicious person, maybe because I've been around for a really long time and I've seen a lot of wacky things in my day. And I've seen people masquerading around as believers who were no believers. They were, they were as the word describes them, wolves in sheep's clothing. And John the writer here is trying to ex- express this thought to you. He says, I've written these things to you concerning those who try to deceive you because there is deception. I want Can I just tell you something about deception? Deception is on the increase. Right. And let me teach you something else about deception. Listen to this. Deception is not deception if it didn't seem real. That's why he goes on to say in this next verse, now that doesn't mean that there aren't True men of God. Not every man of God, not every prophet of God, not every apostle of God, not every teacher of God, not every apostle of God is a phony. But what I'm telling you is that among the real ones, there are phony ones. That's right. And 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 deception is not deception if it didn't seem real. So we have to be very, very cautious. And I take that extremely seriously as a believer. Because there were some things that I fell for in my early days that later on proved out to not be, uh, you know, they were not true. They were not true, uh, uh, you know, leaders in, of God. They were not true prophet or a true apostle. And they were exposed eventually because eventually anyone who seeks to deceive God's people is going, are going to be exposed. I remember some years ago, and I only give you this not to not to cause you to lose your faith in prophets but that you understand the whole point of this verse is that we learn to discern truth from error right from wrong the real from the fake and you cannot just believe everyone who comes down the pike and and, and proclaims to be a prophet an apostle an evangelist or a teacher or anything else you have to discern it for yourselves that's the whole purpose of what John of uh, John uh, of First John chapter two. But I remember some years ago there was a woman, and I'm going to call her name. Some of you, it was many years ago. Her name was Lucy Riles, and she faked out a lot of people. She was going from church to church, and she had the stigmata. How many of you know the stigmata? I mean, blood coming from her hands and her feet, and uh, she had this other thing that, that she would pray for people and would claim that feathers would fall from heaven. So there were some, some, some people who were very uncomfortable with it. And I'm gonna tell you what, there were a lot of people who fell for it. A lot of people. There was, I can't, I'm not gonna mention the name, but there was one major minister in America that felt, invited her into his church to preach to eight or 10,000 of his people and was really you know, really behind her. He really missed it. So some people got really suspicious of this woman and secretly they planted cameras in one of her meetings. And they put it in a position uh, where they could, they could see her uh, from all angles. There were several cameras positioned in this, this place. And uh, what happened was that they, as, as she was praying for people, it looked like it appeared that feathers were coming and falling. I mean, could you imagine something? People, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I believe in signs and wonders and miracles, but that goes, that goes off the charts for me. First of all, the Holy Ghost is not a bird. That's number one. He's not a bird. He's represented in the likeness of a dove, but he's not a dove. He's the Holy Spirit of the living God. Amen. So they, they got her in an angle, and I saw it because I went to a meeting where they actually showed, they got the footage and they showed it to everybody. And what she was doing, she secretly stuffed feathers in her, in her sleeve, and she always carried a hanky that she would like just drape right here. And She'd pray for people, and she'd have all these motions, and they caught her right in. She was so good at it. But they caught her right in the act of pulling out the feathers and releasing them through her, her hanky. The only way that you and I can really test whether someone is real is two, two things, by the word and by the witness.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.